Hi, I'm Pastor Guy Burke. We welcome you to this week's worship with First Baptist Church Indianola. We also invite you to find out more about us at our website, www.fbcindianola.com. And don't forget to like us on social media. Join us now as we study deep truths from God's holy word. on something we see all the time. It's amazing, right? It's amazing to even think of, but we got bored with it. Why did we get bored with it? Why do you and I get bored in our culture so much? Why is that? Because we're always told that something better is coming. From an early age, that's what we're fed and that's what we're sold. Something's better is on the horizon. 
something newer, something sleeker, something shinier, something more fresh. If you just wait and you get that, then you'll find that happiness, joy, and fulfillment that your heart desires. That's what we're sold, and we're sold on that from a very early age. If you just get whatever that is, your heart's desire, it's fresh, it's new, it's sleek, it's beautiful, it's cutting edge, all this kind of talk. If you just get that, you'll be all right. You'll be good. Life will be easier. It'll be more comfortable. It will be better. It'll all be better, right? And we struggle with that. We struggle that, with that in our culture. We struggle with that with, with hearing that from all these different places that they come from now. All this is happening so fast. And for a long time, our culture has always focused on what is next. But the soul of culture, the soul of culture will never produce the crop of joy in your life and in my life. The soul of culture will never produce the crop of joy in your life and my life. The Word of God has something to say about joy in the life of the believer. Joy in, in the life of the and, and oftentimes we fight that, that boredom process, right? We got bored going to the moon. We get bored with stuff. Boredom will siphon joy from your life. We get bored with all these things that are fading away in this life and in this world, and it begins to siphon. Joy is sucked out of our life because we're constantly sold, and we're constantly seeking what's, what's next. What's next? Our focus on next keeps us from understanding the blessings of now. And that sucks joy out of our life. We're always told that something better is coming, and guess what? It's going to have free extra bonus material with it, right? So sign me up. But it doesn't fulfill. It doesn't meet that desire. And so what's missing in our culture, in our society, is joy. We think about our, our sermon series title, What's Missing? Standing Out in Cancel Culture. To stand out in cancel culture as the church Joy should not be missing from the life of the believer. Joy should not be missing from the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I want to re refresh our memory on what we talk about when we mention cancel culture, okay? We're looking at our culture now and over the last couple of years and cancel culture. What do we mean by that? I want to share this with you each and every week. This is what cancel culture refers to. It refers to the popular practice of withdrawing support for or canceling withdrawing support from public figures and companies after they have done or said something considered object objectionable or offensive. Cancel culture is generally discussed as being performed on social media in the form of group shaming. So that's what we're talking about. We just want to cancel somebody out, but that doesn't align with God. Aren't you glad God didn't cancel us out? And not only did he not cancel us out, not only is he long-suffering and he's patient with us and he, want, he wants to, to draw us unto himself and, and so that we might turn away from sin that distracts us and keeps us from him and even condemns us. Now he wants to draw us unto himself to implant and to put joy in our hearts and in our life. That's what God desires for you and me, that we would have joy. That we would be people of joy in a cancel culture. 
That's what God says about joy. And that's what I, I want us to look at today. I want us to see three key scriptures that talk about this with us. And it leads us to our big idea for this morning. The big idea for us today is that Jesus dispenses joy. Jesus dispenses joy. And as we look at these three key verses from God's word, we're going to see how that unfolds. So let's begin in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Romans chapter 15, verse 13. The first principle I want us to see is that Jesus fills with joy. Jesus fills with joy. Paul writes this, Romans 15, 13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, this time of year, I kind of get yard work fatigue. Now, I know some of y'all love yard work, and it's like your thing, and you'd be out there each and every day, all day, every day, and that's cool for you. But by this time of year for me, I'm done with yard work. There's a whole list of fall chores, and I know I got to get out there and doing it, but I ain't signing up for it, if you know what I mean, right? Especially when college football is back. Hell State, by the way, all right? Y'all know I had to get that in there, don't you? But there's one reoccurring chore when it comes to yard work. We, our house backs up on the bayou, and all these weeds down the bayou, just they, they come up, right? And they look ugly, and I have been told that they can't stay by someone very lovely in my house. And so what I do is, is I take the sprayer, and I get that good hardcore roundup stuff, right, the hard stuff, and I measure it out, and I fill it up with water, and then I get to kill something. So it's not so bad for me. You know, I get to kill some, so I spray it out there and dispense it out there, and then it makes the body look better, and all that green, ugly stuff is coming up. You know what Jesus does? He does the exact opposite. He doesn't dispense condemnation to you and I. That's not what he does. He dispenses joy through grace. Because he's a gracious, loving, patient Savior. And wherever you're at today... I don't know what's going on in your life or what you're struggling with, but I want you to know that there is a loving, kind, gracious Savior that wants to dispense joy into your heart, into your life. Because that's what he does. He fills with joy. His promises lead us to joy in him, not the things of our culture or of our life. Knowing Jesus fills the believer with joy. You know, Paul writes this in Romans, but 21 times, 21 times in the New Testament, Paul uses the term for joy. If we talk about something 20 plus times, do you think it would be important to us? It would, wouldn't it? And Paul speaks of joy as he writes to the church and as he writes to early disciples. And as it still applies to you and I today as the church, 21 times he speaks of joy. So the promise of God is that he wants to dispense joy and fill us with joy. What's absent in the culture is joy. But that shouldn't be absent in the life of the believer. It shouldn't be absent in the life of the church. And if people are looking at the church, they should see joy-filled men and women, brothers, sisters in Christ. Now, I'm not telling you that that's always easy, especially in a pandemic kind of world. But we don't do it in our own strength. We lean into the one that can fill us with joy, whose name is Jesus. And Paul talks about this joy. But the apostle, he links joy to knowing God, but not just any deity. In this verse, he specifically links it to who he describes as 
the God of hope. Do you see that in that verse? The God of hope. Now, may, now Paul's not saying when you get right and when you get good enough, you'll get filled. And that's not what he says here. He says now, now the God of hope, the God of hope will do what? The God of hope fill you with all joy. And Paul is writing to a church in Rome that is facing all kinds of division and struggles and persecution. And in that context, he's saying you can be filled with joy. So if they can be filled with joy in that context, guess what? You and I, no matter our context, can be filled with joy because Jesus dispenses joy. And that's what the apostle wanted for the early church. And and that's what we apply today. This verse reveals to us our source of hope that in turn fulfills us, fills us up with complete joy. It shows us that he is the origin of hope and he is the object of hope. He is the very source of where hope comes from and he is the one that we look to for hope. He is the origin and he is the object of hope. He is both and and he is glorious and he will fill your life with joy because he's kind and he's gracious and he is a good savior. And we can turn to him. When we look at ourselves and we think, hey, joy doesn't really characterize me. Guess what? We can turn to him and he will fill us. Fill us with joy that leads to hope. The God of hope desires that we are filled with joy by him. Not the strife of this culture. Not the strife of this world. God has more for us. He has more for us than this world offers. He has more for us than the culture tries to sell us. He has joy for us. In his presence, we are filled with joy because Jesus dispenses joy. Paul writes about how that leads to hope by the power of the Spirit. So standing out, standing out in a culture, a canceled culture that wants to wipe out or get away from or cancel something out or someone out, to stand out in that means... We should be characterized by the joy of our Lord, the joy of knowing Jesus. As disciples in the church, we must be characterized by this. We must live this new life. It's what we've been called for. It's what we've been called to do. The Christian life, joy is to permeate who we are. In all areas, it is to overflow into our hearts and into our lives that we would be characterized by joy. And joy... It does something for us. When Jesus fills us up with joy, it helps us to endure. It gives us endurance as we walk through life. So now I want to turn your attention to James chapter 1. So if you have your Bible or you have your device, flip over or swipe up, whatever you got to do. And let's go to James chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 2 through 4, okay? Because not only do we see that Jesus fills us up with joy, Jesus provides for endurance. By this joy he fills us up with, he provides for endurance. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Listen to what James writes as you get there. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing. 
this week, uh, Lindsay had to work the late shift, so that means she works until 8 o'clock at night. So usually when that happens in our house, we'll eat dinner, and then I'll get the stroller out and load Bess up, and we'll go walk around the neighborhood after dinner. And so we're walking around the neighborhood, and I, I make it down to the park, and I'm going around the circle, and I see this guy that I know, and he's, he's, he's running in our direction. Now, he drives from out of town and works here in Indianola, and so in the evenings I've seen him running before, but, but it seems like he's training pretty hard because he's moving, okay? And so, I, so I'm pushing Bess in the stroller, and we're having happy daddy-daughter time, okay? And then I see him coming, and I know he's coming, so I suck in a little bit. Don't tell nobody. So I suck in a little bit because, you know, he's coming by, you know. So, so I suck in a little bit, and he comes running by, and, he's, you know, it's just a nod, you know. He's, he's in his training thing, you know, so we just give the, the bro nod or whatever, right? And so we're, we're just going down, and I got to thinking. I was like, man, you know, he's running pretty fast. Like, it, like seriously, like if you didn't know he was someone that ran a marathon, you, you would have thought somebody was chasing him, like trying to steal something from him because he was moving, all right? And so I got to think. I was pushing Bess along. I got to thinking. I was like, you know, and I kind of picked up my pace a little bit, just a little bit. I was got, you know, this stroller can handle jogging if I wanted to. Should I jog the rest of the way? And then baby girl looks up at me like, no, nah, daddy, stay in your lane. Don't even try. Don't even go there. But he is someone that has built up endurance running these long races. Like he can keep that pace without a problem because he has conditioned in such a way that he has this endurance like, like physically to run these races, these marathons, and these longer distances that he runs, and I know that he runs them, like he has built up a tremendous amount of endurance. Like his body physically has, has strengthened and matured, right? That's what James is writing about spiritually for you and I, for us. And joy has a key part in all of this. That, that we... we are filled up with knowing Jesus because Jesus dispenses joy even in the midst of trials, even in the midst of heartache. Because what it produces on the other end is perseverance and, as James says, complete maturity for the believer. So maybe, maybe for Jesus to get us filled with joy and where, we, where he needs us to be, where we're at, what we're struggling with, is something he's going to use to provide that spiritual maturity that we need. Now, that's a, that's a tough pill to swallow in the midst of it. But if you're journeying through that right now, I want to encourage you to know that keep persevering, keep holding on to the Savior, the one that can fill you with joy even in various trials, because it's going to bring you to a place where you can endure. And you can endure and run the race, as Paul says, run the race well. That as you go through different seasons of your life and as you come to the end of your life, this journey here on earth, that you will be able to endure, you will be completely matured, and you'll hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Because Jesus, he dispenses joy, and it's for our endurance. It's for us to be better. Joy is the refreshment we need for spiritual endurance. You've seen those runners, right? They'll, they'll have those, those water stops along the race, right? And they're just splashing and taking a sip, you know, splashing everywhere. Trying to refresh to keep going. Joy is that refreshment for you and for me. 
Because Jesus, he wants to dispense that joy in our life, and it's going to refresh us, and it's going to help us persevere and move forward and keep going and hold on to the truth of who he is, not what this culture wants to sell us. And those are steps that move us to a mature place in our spiritual lives. Scholar Douglas Moo writes this. He says, why can believers react to trials with so strange and unexpected a response as joy? Because we know that God uses trials to perfect our faith and make us stronger Christians. So the culture is going to look at it. You're filled with joy and this happened to you. Are you out of your mind? You must be crazy. That makes no sense. They're going to look at that and they're going to say But for the believer, for the follower of Jesus in that authentic relationship that he calls us to, as, as he dispenses joy in our life, it builds that endurance. It builds that strength. And we praise him that much more because he's worthy. And as we sing, he's faithful. And as we sing, his love, it changes us. And it moves us from where we were to a place where we can grow and mature and be complete and even be satisfied. And that's where I want us to end up. The last verse, it's in the Old Testament, Psalm 1611. Psalm 1611. As we walk the path before us, we should respond with joy, be made stronger, and this is what will bring that satisfaction to our heart's desire. Psalm 16, verse 11. Psalm 16, verse 11. And the third principle is this. Jesus, his presence is joy's home. So Jesus, our big idea, Jesus dispenses joy. He fills us with joy. He does so that we can endure. And his presence, where joy resides, is home. So let's read Psalm 16 as we think about how this endurance in the presence of God can satisfy us. The psalmist writes this, you reveal the path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. You know, over the next couple of months, we're going to come to the holiday season, right? Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. And a lot of those times, we're going to have the opportunity to reconnect, right? Whether it's reconnecting with family or dear friends, people that we have a relationship with. And it's this idea of going home, right? It's this idea of going home. You know, that's a thread throughout so many things in our life. Songs, books, movies. They all talk about going home. Some of you Hallmark people, that's what every Christmas movie is about, right? You should be excited this year. 40 Hallmark Christmas movies. Can you believe that? My dad's going to watch every one of them. Y'all think I'm joking, but he is. But it's all about going home. We want to go home. We want a place of home. We want to be with our family or friends in that environment of home because it, it fills us up. Well, the true joy of the Christian life, it resides in the presence of Jesus. When we dialogue with Jesus and we're in an authentic relationship with Jesus and we are his child, son, and daughter, then joy resides with him and it's like going home it's like going home and it's really what our hearts desires since he is the source of joy jesus is the one we turn to for our heart's supply of joy and and here the psalmist the psalmist notes in this verse in your presence there is abundant joy 
So some translation says, in your presence there is fullness of joy. So in the ancient language, when this was written in the psalm, it has the idea of being satisfied. It has the idea of having that deep need met. The idea of finding what will satisfy us. So Jesus dispenses joy because he's the residence of joy. He's home for where joy is. And the deep need of our heart, one of our heart's desires, is to find that joy that will fulfill us. And it's only found in the presence of Jesus. It's abundant. It is full. And it leads us to understanding and the mindset of his eternal purpose and his eternal pleasures for our life and for eternity. Don't miss this. Don't don't receive the sales pitch from a cancel culture that'll chew you up and spit you out when you've got a home to run to with Jesus in his presence, dialoguing with him to fill you up with the joy that your heart needs. Don't miss that in your life. Embrace that in your life. Because Jesus dispenses joy. We must turn to where joy resides. Also, when we look at this verse, we see that he freely gives joy. That's how good he is. That's how gracious he is. That's why he sustains us the way he does. He freely gives it. It's not something being withheld. It's not the carrot hung out before you dangling to see if you can measure up. That's not what it is. No, it's you stepping out in faith to call upon the name of Jesus to enter the home where joy resides and being filled and satisfied your heart's desire for now and for eternity because Jesus dispenses joy. And that's what I want you to experience. That's what I want for you today. I want you to to understand joy comes from the Lord and he freely dispenses it in your life because Jesus dispenses joy. Joy is not found in popularity on your campus. It is not found in the prestige of your degree. Joy is not found in marrying your soulmate. It is not found in possessing the right house with the right look. Joy is not found in the beach trips, Alaskan cruises, or retirement excursions. It's not where joy is found. Joy is dispensed by Jesus for his children to experience him more. Joy activates our projection of God's glory in our life and secures in overwhelming circumstances. Joy stems from knowing your identity in Christ and the eternal impact you have for the name of Christ. Joy is birthed from an unchanging hope of Jesus' presence of all eternity. And joy is not linked to fading earthly upcoming attractions, but it is rooted in the divine. Jesus dispenses joy. Let's pray together. Lord, we bow before you today. And we thank you for what your word shows us, God. It shows us that maybe we've been buying into what's being sold in our culture. And that now we really need to turn to you. To find what's missing. To find that fulfillment and that joy that our hearts long for. Maybe it shows us today, it shows someone here today or someone watching today, listening, that they've allowed this world to to take priority and there's there's not that joy and they want to turn to you because they want to be a joy-filled Christian. And they want to walk a, a new path, one that's filled with joy because they've allowed the sales pitches of the day and the cancel culture to come into their life. But they don't have to. They can lean into you 
and find that joy that satisfies the soul. Or there may be one here today that all this has been foreign to them. And maybe one listening today, it's all been foreign to them too. And they've realized that they are lost without a Savior. That their sin is condemning them right now and they need to turn to the risen Lord whose name is Jesus. Today may be the day of salvation for someone. I pray if there's someone in this room today that needs to make that decision, that after we dismiss in just a few moments, they would come back around. I'm going to be up here at the front. Nobody else is going to be around, and we can just chat, and we can pray. We can talk about eternity and where they are spiritually, God. No pressure, just a conversation. But I pray if you're speaking in their heart and their life, that they would stick around afterwards. If there's someone watching, listening, I pray that they would contact us. We want to journey with them through their faith decision, God. For those that, that, are, that are heading out to a new week in this world, they're, they're Christians, they're saved, they're a child of God. But they need more joy. I pray that you would dispense that joy into their heart, into their life, into their relationships, into their family. And you would bless them, God, and you would use them for your glory. Lord, we're challenged by your word. May we take the step of faith to follow it, to obey it, and may the church supply what's missing in our world, and that's the truth of who Jesus is and the joy that he brings. May it be said of us, your people in this place. We pray this in your powerful, holy name. Amen.